Hey, Doug, it's Thursday, November 16, 2023. Just called to tell you that. Oh, thanks for the update. I really needed yeah. to know. I lost In my calendar. In case you were sitting around going like, what day is it? And also, are we about to do a show? The answer to both of those things is now at at hand. Um, let me ask you this pop quiz I mean pot quiz hop shot Um, (laughs) do you think we've ever had someone named Lisa on the show before I don't think so but I've definitely been wrong about names on this show before I know I was (laughs) counting on it because we've had two (laughs) (laughs) damn Uh, it who your good friend Lisa Delario. Oh, Lisa Delario. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And your new good friend Lisa Correo, who I still don't yep. know if I'm saying it right, uh, she was on as well. You're right. It's been a real Lisa year for this show. And today we've got our third, and I'm not going to say best Lisa, but it's a pretty good Lisa. It's Lisa Loeb. Ooh, we went from Lobby to Loeb, Lobby. <laughs> uh, singer, songer, singer, songwriter. Uh, she's a songer, also. Uh, dog food lover. I'm sorry, dog and food lover. I got that from her uh, ex, formerly Twitter account. Is she says dog lover and food lover. So that's just like, uh, hey. I, you know, I'm a. I was already a fan of her music, but now. Uh, I'm even more excited to talk to her. And um, it's also funny to me that a dog lover had a hit song called Stay. (laughs) That makes more (laughs) sense now. (laughs) You got to go back and listen to the song now. It's just about her training a a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, let's go to work. Hello, Lisa Loeb. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thank you you for joining me. I'm good. And I think my co-host is also good uh, because he's excited to meet you. His name is Doug as well. Say hi to Lisa, Doug. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for doing the show. (laughs) That felt like between what I said and what you said, it felt like we were on an episode of The Dating Game. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that looked like so much fun is that like secret dating somebody's behind a wall you don't know who they are yeah yeah, yeah. It's the, so fun they just tried to reboot it with uh, zoe de chanel and and, oh. and michael bolton was her sidekick it was weird oh, oh i forgot about that i guess that's done <laughs> yeah or maybe not maybe they'll bring it back but uh uh you know for oh, now so it's fun. not a thing oh. <laughs> it was a, it was fun in a weird sort of way but also just the whole concept of uh you know the trying to flirt with somebody from the other side of a wall is uh is pretty (laughs) pretty strange with how uh you know with all the catfishing that goes on as it is uh, on the internet um so lisa let me start by asking you uh what you've been up to lately is there like a number one thing that you're uh promoting right now 
Well, I don't, I mean, catfishing is mostly what I've been doing. (laughs) 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 Uh, Literal catfishing. No. Um, You had your camera on and I'm sure this is you. (laughs) (laughs) This is is me. It is I. Uh, Catfishing. No, I haven't been catfishing. I I don't, it took me a while to understand what catfishing was, but um, I just keep thinking of all the fried catfish I ate back in the day in New York City when I'd play at the Cottonwood (laughs) Cafe. We got free food and we we didn't get cat fish um a lot of fried food and delicious tex-mex um i have been doing a lot of things i have been traveling a little bit lately to play concerts and events uh playing my own music as i explained to somebody in a bar in las vegas like what do you do i'm like i kind of oh i actually i was in las vegas to go see the (laughs) the u2 sphere show with my husband and we had credit at the hotel where we were staying they had credit for the food area so we were getting some food to go uh to get on the airplane and um but anyway, I, I struck up a conversation with a guy who was eating an English breakfast, um, and I was just started talking to the guy, and he was British. I was like, "Is that a is that an English breakfast?" He's like, "Yeah," and we we both agreed it didn't look like a really good one, but it was an attempt at an English breakfast. There were some kind of beans and random things on the plate, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were talking, and and it turned out he was in the medical sales med- medical uh, medical sales, like like of things you use when you're. Yeah, medical supplies. Supply sales, yeah. yeah. Uh, like specifically these bandages bandages that help you so your skin doesn't tear when you're older. Very interesting to me uh, that I was, it was interesting. And we started talking and then it was time for us to go. So I said, oh, I'm going to go to, I'm going, I'm going to Santa Fe to play a concert. And he's like, oh, what kind of music do you play? And I said, well, my name, my name is Lisa Loeb <laughs> and I mostly play my own music. Um, singer songwriter kind Lobe of stuff <laughs> yeah like mostly lisa Lobby kind of music uh <laughs> singer songwritery you know and he said he said wait a minute we've met before i'm like what turned out he used to be in the music business 26 27 years ago and he he was the promoter for a show that my band played in in manchester england in like 1996 or five <laughs> and it, we were like old buddies it was the craziest thing he got up and gave each other a huge hug we exchanged email so yeah because you know. it starts off with you sitting there going who's this guy that's asking me these questions when he doesn't even know who i am and, and he said uh, well i don't even recognize i did i didn't recognize you and i'm like well i yeah i'm not wearing makeup i'm not wearing my costume now, i don't i pretty much look like myself but anyway so i've been playing a lot of concerts i've been hosting a radio show on sirius xm 90s on nine daily um I have a podcast, which used to be a feature, but now it's a podcast called Where They Are Now, which we we do. I do interviews with people who you may know from a certain era, but who are still doing things today. Um, inspired by when I was on an Oprah Winfrey show on her on a like her on her channel, there was a show that I think a handful of us were interviewed for an episode. They came to your house and they beautifully lit it beautiful and did this great interview and it was like me i was in one segment i think isaac mizrahi might have been in one segment and maybe a chef was in another segment and then i found out that it was called where are they now and i was like what this is like a spinal tap moment you know like are they still alive like it was so embarrassing and i suggested to the folks i was like y'all should change the show to to where they are now um, because it's a gentle nod to the fact that yes, you may know people from a certain project or era, but they're still making stuff. 
Um, they, the Oprah channel never took me up on it, but Sirius XM did. And so I have a, a show that I created called Where They Are Now. And I interview a lot of people on that, like Weird Al Yankovic and uh, 10,000 Maniacs and Bob Cuccioni Jr. and just a bunch of people. Um, and I have a, an eyewear line. I have a bunch of projects going on, but making lots of music. I have new music out, um, including a song called If I Knew You Were Coming, I'd Have Baked a Cake. Um, I made an album with a band called The Hollow Trees, and we did a bunch of old-timey songs, and they're just starting to come out as singles. And then I also have a holiday song that I made with Rob Morrow, the actor and musician, um, who you may know. I didn't uh, know that second part about him, but sure, he's yeah. He's a musician. So we made a, we made a holiday song that's just coming out in December called Shake Things Up. That's awesome. Yeah, so those are a few uh, of the things. So yeah, sounds like you've got uh, quite a lot going on, and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, make sure that if there was anything specific you wanted to uh, promote, we, you know, we did it now instead of, uh, you know, stuffing it in at the end of the uh, show. Right, like that. We'll, last we'll do minute. plugs I again mean... at the end too, because that's just a good time to remind people uh, where they can uh, find your stuff. But I now have perked up with interest about. Uh, I loved how casually you mentioned the the Vegas sphere and seeing you two there. Yes. Uh, and then moved on to talk about, uh, you know, English breakfast. So my question to you is, what was that like? What was it like? Do you, I feel like it's dwarf is dwarf. The performer would still be a, a, a fun experience. Oh yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. Like, my husband and I went, I'm a big fan of the band U2. I went to go see them. I loved back when they had War and and the older records. Um, when I was a kid, I listened to those a lot on my cassette player um, and my album, my vinyl. But then when I got a little older, my sister, I had to take my sister and her friends to go see U2 play at, in Reunion Arena in Dallas. It was the Joshua Tree Tour and I was kind of like the, I was kind of like the person in charge. The concert was amazing. It it brought me back to you too. The Joshua Tree album was amazing. I stole the cassette tape from my sister off of her floor, <laughs> and I and I took it and I and I drove cross country. I think in her Honda Prelude, listening to Joshua Tree, and it's just such a gorgeous album. And then again, I saw them at in the Octang Baby tour when I lived in New York City. I saw them play like I don't know if it was Shea Stadium or something, something really big. But so they do the Octang Baby album and I'm such a huge fan that just to see the band play was really cool. And we had amazing seats. But on top of that, the experience really is it's it's really otherworldly. It's really I mean, it's immersive. Sonically, it's it's an amazing space because also even though, okay, the, the visuals are completely immersive and there's a couple things, I don't want to have a spoiler alert, spoiler moment, but there's a couple things they do that are, that are just, they blow your mind. Um, a, <laughs> a good chunk of the show is just really them playing. So I would probably say you want to be a fan of theirs when you go, but they also have really good food in the sphere. So if you want to take a break to, to like wait for more crazy stuff, um, you could go get some potato chips or whatever, fresh potato chips like <laughs> I did. I didn't go get them, but I did eat them. I did the eat an entire box of like fresh potato chips. Um, but the it's visually unbelievable. But then the other part is the the sound. Usually when you're in an arena, and an, an enclosed arena specifically, it's so echoey and so mm -hmm. much reverb and so much 
audio um, information that it's hard to take it in. But in this situation, the sphere is specifically designed where it's not echoey. You know, you, it, you can hear what's going on. You can hear them speaking and singing and playing. And it's it's loud. It's a concert, but it's not overwhelming loud with no payback. Like you actually can hear what's happening. It's a really well-designed space. That's great. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be, so you, you think lots of musicians are going to play there or do you feel yeah, like I think, they'd be upstaged? I think a lot of musicians are going to play there. It, and I think that, that, like I said, the surprise part about it just sounding good, if you saw any musician just play there, a, a big arena type of musician, but you actually want to fit a bunch of people in there and you want to be able to actually hear what they're doing, that's a great place to play. If they can afford to do all the visuals that can make it really amazing and really take advantage of the space, then that's, I mean, they must have spent a kajillion dollars to do what, what they did in that space visually. It was amazing. So that would be, it'd be fun for somebody to make, to make a concert specifically for that space. Um, yeah, it feels like it could be like a Vegas uh, residency almost. Like, Oh, it's going to have to be. Certain artist, you know? It'll have um, to be. Yeah, because uh, they could do so, so, so many amazing things with the visuals for, for somebody. I just, I just, so I just was like picturing like the band making it making the band seem small but what you're saying did, about the sound is great yeah. though like it's the sound is great and because it's a sphere that everybody's kind of oh, actually I, w I was in the front <laughs> i shouldn't speak i was in the front row of the seated <laughs> section so we were like basically in the front row other than the standing people but um but you, you i think you're closer to the stage than you are often in a kind of arena situation and um, also I did, I, it did feel a little bit like claymation when I first, when the band first got on stage, I felt like we were watching almost like either Willy Wonka where, where Mike TV gets really small and he's standing on a little platform. Like it was <laughs> yeah. almost like we were watching the Beatles on, on a TV on, um, you know, on the, what's it called show? The, uh, when they were Ed first Sullivan. on TV on the Ed Sullivan yeah. show, like this band on a platform on a cake or something, you know, like, <laughs> It was almost unreal how they were just condensed into this small space on stage. And they were just like standing there. It, yeah. And it's usually like, you know, Bono is usually like, the you know, just uh, so charismatic and the center of attention. And even like the way he moves around the stage is like, look at me. So it's interesting to, you know, picture him in, in that environment. It was so, and sometimes it, it he was definitely Puss in Boots. He's very like dramatic Puss in Boots. Um, you know, with his with his outfit and his and his poses and his singing, but his voice sounded amazing. And at times when he was talking to the audience, I, Elton John kind of did that. I was surprised, like when I saw Elton John play some of his last concerts um, a few years ago. He he was doing this arena rock kind of show with large gestures, like pointing at the crowd and stuff. But then he would start just talking, sitting in his piano, talking like you were in his living room. And I had pretty good seats then too. But for this kind of situation where Bono, who's this arena rock guy, is casually just kind of talking, and you can hear him like he's just right there, like he's in a room. It, it is an interesting balance of a uh, of of arena rock and hey, I'm just talking to you and I'm making <laughs> sentences and we can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to yell. <laughs> exactly. He's like, "Hello," but it sounds like a guy yelling in a room. No, he oh, he he just talk. 
Well, I got to uh, check it out. I've only seen, you know, all the craziness they do on the outside of the sphere. Like they can't just yeah. open inside the thing. The outside has to be wild too. That looks like science fiction too. I went to Vegas a few weeks, maybe a month before. The, in September, I went to go see the B-52s in Vegas. And I saw the sphere from the outside and it looked like CGI. It looked like it had somebody had painted it into a picture. It yeah, didn't look all real. The, all the pictures of it uh, that I've seen, it just, it, it seems like a fake thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's fake. <laughs> it's not real. How long I'll, is I'll the go... run with you two there? How long are they there? Uh, let me check their schedule. Hold on a second. I don't know. But, I, but that, we were all asking be, the same question. I have no idea. I thought it was more of a, a a quick in and out. I didn't know they were doing multiple, you know, many shows. No, now I'm looking now. They're there for a bit, maybe. And there's also a movie at the Sphere, which is another thing they're doing there. <laughs> Let me see. You two, Las Vegas. <laughs> what is the movie there? Garfield it's, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to have that kind of size to tell to tell a tale of two kitties. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. Um, let me see. Because yeah, originally, I just thought they were opening it, and that was like a grand opening thing. But it seems like it's been a minute. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know it was a residency. I thought it was just a show. Oh, it says, yeah. as widely, U2 uh, is not going to pack up its stage and go home. Um, when the t initial 25 dates are wrap up December 16th, they're adding 11 shows in January and February of 2024, Whoa. bringing the total number of concerts at the new venue to 36 for now. Wow. Oh, they like it. That's what the internet says. Hey, Mikey, they like it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they're into the sphere, so good for them. I, I, maybe, maybe. Mere mortals like us will have a chance. Mere dugs like us will have a chance to uh, <laughs> go see that at some point. I'm going to be in in uh, Vegas in February. I'm playing the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club for a couple nights. Get uh, tickets. So I'll try to, you know, I'll try to. I'm staying at the link, so I'll try to. That'll help me, Ryan. Remind me to link it up. Um, <laughs> we're going to ask you a bunch of uh, questions about your name, but before we do that, okay. we just sort of uh, ask some, you know, kind of. Uh, more more random warm up questions, and this one is really random. But you know me, I love movies, so I'm curious because um, I don't have a guess. How many times have you, Lisa Loeb, seen Reality Bites? I think two, maybe, <laughs> maybe three. So, like, when it's on, if it's on TV or something, you don't stop on it and watch it. You just. Uh, I think I've done have that seen once, it twice, maybe. and that was plenty. I saw the premiere, <laughs> and then I may have seen it one more time because I was like, "Gosh, I really haven't seen this movie very much." Um, and then maybe I've seen pieces of it here and there. I don't do enough sitting around just like going through channels. I just don't do oh. that enough. Yeah. yeah. Even when I'm on tour, really I've sucked in sometimes yeah. if it's a movie like that. And if I'm on tour a lot, I usually, you know, it's like eating in different cities. You're like eating this and eating that and eating all the best deep dish pizza. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm on tour a lot. What am I doing? I'm, it's, this is like, I need to eat regular food. And it's the same thing with TV. I'm like, oh, it's TV. I get to just turn it on and it's on in a hotel room. And then I realize it's, it's like not, not necessarily the best thing for me to do to have TV on all the time. That uh, 
so so I don't do that enough. But I should I should watch it again. Maybe maybe you know two three times I've seen it. I think. Yeah, I just wonder. Like everybody's different. Some people you know never look back at stuff, but it was for you that was just such a you it was know, huge such a big I really, deal. I should watch it every year and in, in celebration of the fact that they put my song in the movie and it was so successful that I should just you know just to be thankful to Ben Stiller and all the powers that be and Ethan Hawke and all those folks. Um, but it is funny that I talk about reality bites so often. Uh, and it's so central to what propelled my career forward at that point on that I, I feel like maybe I should be more invested in it. Maybe I should own a copy. Actually, I probably do own a copy of the DVD, like a special edition. Oh yeah, they had a special edition and they added my video, I think, to the end of the DVD or something like that, or as an extra. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a good place for it to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the, you know, the whole world sort of seemingly turning their back on music videos, uh, especially MTV. Again, um, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I know you don't, you don't turn on that TV in the hotel room. So you, you've missed this whole revolution of MTV never shows music videos. Anymore. Exactly. Ever. I have seen the Kardashians though. I, I watched that a couple times. It was like watching goldfish in a bowl. It was like, <laughs> like watching goldfish at the doctor's office. You, you can't stop looking at it. Um, yeah, that's you have no idea what's happening <laughs> or why. And you don't care, but you're just like, Oh, Eyeliner. Um, there was a kind of a fun, exciting milestone that you just hit uh, apparently a few days ago because I saw you posted on X, formerly Twitter, that it's been uh, 26 years since Firecracker came out. Yes, that was oh, my wow. second major label album. I love that album. If it was a I... child, I might have grandchildren. <laughs> I, yeah i listen yeah why where are its babies i listen to it uh a, a lot and uh oh. and so it's very uh you know it's real real sobering to see that that was 26 years ago wow. <laughs> so weird yeah i don't feel like it's been that long you know i know it's it's an old it's, it's something to people talk about a lot but it is weird that it doesn't seem that long ago to me either and it's like when you were a kid, if something was 26 years old, it would be so old. It would be really old timey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, super old. And, um, you know, I've got the, uh, you know, this, I was almost going to call it a DVD. I've got the CD of, uh, of firecracker and lots of other mm -hmm. CDs that I, you know, amassed a collection of over the years. It's one thing I haven't been able to, you know, even though now you can access pretty much any song on the internet, you don't need the physical copies, but it's just something I, I haven't been able to get rid of all those jewel cases. I still have giant stacks of jewel cases and it's just, you know, something I haven't uh, been able to part with. Me too. I, I have given away some every, every couple of years I go through, I'm like, why do I have this? Cause I also did have an experience. I, I've, I was a huge record collector growing up, like actual vinyl and, and cassette tapes, but mostly vinyl. And then I, I, I was very, I was not into CDs. I was like, oh, this is just a fad. So it took me a while <laughs> to get into it. And I remember my first handful of CDs freshman year of college were, it was like Brian Eno music for airports. David Bowie, Hunky Dory, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, The Police, 
uh, I think it was probably all four police albums, Ghost of the Machines and Yano Mandata, Outland of Stemore and Regatta de Blanc. And, and Thomas Dolby, The Flat Earth, which is a beautiful kind of landscapey, cinematic, gorgeous album. Um, but those were my first CDs, but it took me a while to get into CDs. But I do think they have really good quality. They sound really good. So I, I, I say keep your CDs. And get a get a CD player and listen to those CDs. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, just drive around in a car old enough, I guess, to have a CD player because that was really <laughs> where the CD thrived for me because they were a great size to have like a nice stack of them, you know, yeah. in the car and just uh, you know um, not have those weird things like with cassettes where the sometimes they actually will let a song be interrupted in the middle of it. You have to go to the other <laughs> side. Totally. And you can also use the reflective surface of the CD, kind of like sleeve stacks, like communicate with people with like a little <laughs> like mirror reflection thingy. Like if you needed some kind of a rescue in your car. I, I, there were CDs that I would let sit in my car. I had a five CD changer in my Lexus in Los Angeles. And I kept some of those CDs in there for a good couple of years. They were really good CDs. Oh, yeah. I had a uh, I had a like a set of CDs that I really really liked having in my car and then my car got totaled and I forgot to <gasps> retrieve the CDs with, you know, before they uh, took it away. And uh, it, so it was, that was frustrating. Every once in a while, I think of one that was in there. I'll be like, Oh yeah, I used to own that. That was part of that. Okay, that's bringing back memories of fans incident. telling me like, Oh, my CDs got stolen. Your CDs were yeah. in there. Uh, I'm going to buy them again. Like I still have CDs. We still sell them at shows, but I think it's more of a collector's item now, I guess. Yeah. Back in the have day, you... like there are a lot of car break-ins just for the CDs. If they, if the thieves saw you your CD collection. Yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're screwed. That's <laughs> <It was> terrible. It's <laughs> <was> so devastating. <laughs> what about this thing with uh, Taylor Swift putting out her albums again? Would you do such a thing? Whew. Uh, it's a lot of work. I, I'm just, I think it's amazing she's doing it from a business standpoint um, because to be able to get your rights back to your own recordings is important. But I also know how, how deep and intense and layered all of these albums are and all the work we put in them with or orchestras and multi-tracking and getting, sorry, and getting, and getting the perfect performance or, you know, whatever we could get. It, I think it would be, interesting archaeological dig to be able to do that it would be complicated though and also there's a little bit of a thing you know when you're working on something in art an art thing like a cd and then you sing those songs live so much when you go back even though it took you like a year of intense work to do it you like go into the studio for you know a month and you just record it real quick or a couple of weeks that's that's kind of a strange perspective on it as well but i i mean I, if somebody could help me, I guess I would do it. Oh, it would be a lot of work, though. It was a lot of work. Those, it, yeah, but, you and know, yeah. And she's just doing it to reclaim the, like, to have the all the rights to the, yeah, to these new versions. Whereas you, you're not, you didn't get um, screwed over in that kind of way. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely <aware> <laughs> not since the first couple of major label albums. I, I. I, I always sort of end up being independent artist, and you, I get a lot of control and ownership over my own things. Good. Um, That's the way to go. But you, we're uh, learning. Taylor is yeah. teaching us all. 
Tay Tay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take control. Um, so, uh, another kind of weird question, but it's, it kind of falls in line with, uh, you know, the names we have and how they're somewhat permanent. Um, what is your, uh, tattoo situation? I don't have any, I don't have any tattoos. Um, if I did, I used to draw a fake tattoo on myself when I was in Japan because <laughs> I, there were times when you, you know, when I'm on the road and it gets really overwhelming and I'm, and I'm working back to back interviews all day and, and working with different makeup artists and asking people to go get me coffee. And I have to rely on a lot of people in order for me to do my own job well, which means I, I try not to boss people around, but it, you know, you, you're in charge of people. You you have to ask for stuff that you need. Um, and sometimes it, it, it can feel a little overwhelming. And I realized that how I really wanted to look at it was that, uh, I actually, it's like a glass half full, half empty type of situation. And I see it as a choice. So I, I would have like probably a glass half full, um, because that's something you got to, you know, for me, I think it's important to touch base with the fact that like, I'm lucky I get to do all these things, even though elements of them might be difficult or uh, but, but in general, like, whoa, that's pretty cool. I get to have this life. So a glass half full and then a little crown on top, like a queen's crown, because you have to be kind of like gracious, but in charge. And it's okay that you're telling people, please bring me my cappuccino or whatever, because you need it to do your work. And you, you literally have no time to do everything for yourself. So you really have to be a good leader and, and gracious and great, great, gracious and grateful, but also in charge, um, and celebrate that. So that would be my tattoo if I were to have tattoos, but I don't, I don't have any tattoos. Just, um, it's like a Do commitment you? thing. Cause it's, I mean, I've never heard someone have so worked out what their tattoo would be and they've never, you know, pulled the trigger and actually <laughs> gotten it. You know, that's, yeah. you put the thought into it. I don't, I have like, never gotten one and I also don't have one uh, ready to go if I did decide to get one. I, I, I just, I'm good with my own skin <laughs> I, at the moment. I'm like, t-shirts are fine. You know, like t-shirts, stickers, necklaces. I don't, I don't need to put it on my body. I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're for the same generation. You're like, you have a tattoo. Like, is it an anchor that says like, I heart mom or something? Like, <laughs> like it's still like, oh my gosh, a tattoo. I don't know. I just like, I like the simplicity of no tattoo. All right, that's uh, that's a, a great answer. Our, my uh, co-host Doug Mellard has He's covered in garbage. So many tattoos, he can't keep track of them. Yeah, I have friends like that. They look like coloring books, and that's that's good. That's their thing. Yeah, but they should leave some parts blank for the children. Yeah. Let them get in the game. Uh, we got to take a commercial break, and we haven't even gotten to the subject at hand. I'm excited to talk to you some more, and we'll be right back. We are back. We're talking to Lisa Loeb about her absolute lack of tattoos. But this next question, I think you will have an answer. Uh, how often in your life have you been in a position to name an animal, to na to name a pet? Oh, to name an animal. Um, I thought we were talking about at first that, that game you play at the swimming pool when you like jump off a diving board and someone's like animal and you're like a, a lamb or whatever. Like you have to say it before you hit the water. Um, 
We're like toothpaste, Colgate, <laughs> AIM. Um, I have named animals, well, my two children. Those okay. don't, I mean, that's kind of like animals. <laughs> uh, my husband and I named them. That was a big one. And then uh, four, I would say four official times because I've had, I had one set of cats and now I have a new set of cats. And my kids and I named, and my husband and I named these cats. So that's four cats. And we had some input back in the day with at least a handful of pets. Like uh, our, our cats when I was little, Felix and Barnaby. Although I think my friend Joni Mitchell really suggested the name Barnaby. That was like in third grade. Um, and then we also, <laughs> uh, we had a black cat named Shamama Baby Muchocho Lumpies. We got a bunch of those names <laughs> from our my Aunt Jane, but um, Shamama Baby was the black cat and she was cute. so are your are your current uh, cats as uh have such um complex <laughs> Long names? names no one of them's cleo cleopatra short for cleo oh, i like that though and the other one is june and then i realized it should be short for juniper because juniper is cute and it has the word purr in it she's oh, yeah. asleep behind me junie yeah juniper juniper p-u-r-r yeah. Put the, yeah. Put that on. And then the, I realized uh, Cleopatra could be Cleopatra, but that's a little too. That's 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 pushing it. That's really. I figured that really out last something. night, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I kind of like Cleopatra because you know you're mostly going to just stick with Cleo anyway. Cleo, yeah. You know. And I, it was a big deal, like naming these cats. There were big family arguments about it. We'd come up with a name, and then one of the kids would be like, "No, how could you do that?" Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I asked, because it's like, you know, it, it ends up being a permanent thing, but uh, sometimes it's just uh, it's just done casually. And other times it's really uh, like some people will ha have an opportunity to have the pet for for a second and then yeah. name it based on their personality. Yeah, my uh, last cat, my last cat, her um, she lived to be 20 years old and her wow. name was Sweetie McGee. Sweetie McGee. <laughs> she had a little song. Uh, her she her name is Sweetie McGee, and then her non brother she had a sibling. Was that what you're saying? Sweetie McGee. No. Um, <laughs> and then my uh, my other cat was Chinchy Morty, but he passed away. Like he was 15 or 16. Um, yeah, because he was like a chinchilla, and I named him after Morty. This guy was selling me, um, <laughs> like uh, plumbing fixtures for a house I owned in Studio City. Where I don't look anymore. That guy, his name was Morty. I was like, oh, Chinchy Morty. I was like, <laughs> I got to change that cat's name. Uh, no. I was like, I got to change that cat's name. And it was like, nope, you said it. That's the name. Have you, so since you have such amazing names for your pets, do you, have you, are you a person that names other things like uh, cars, houses, boats, those kinds of things? No, never. Never. It's just never. Your, that's that's my car. It's not the whatever mobile nope. or anything like that. Never. That's good. That never. saves us some time. <laughs> Sorry. I just read I just read a friend's book, um, Desmond Child, who's this great songwriter, and he wrote an amazing autobiography. It was so well written. And he I was so envious because every mansion and house he moved into, it was like those houses in in Los Angeles where you drive up and on tiles, like in Italy or something or Los Angeles, they have the the name of the houses on it. They're like yeah. house of whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I I've never named my houses, no. 
Yeah, that's some real some real fancy living. But you know, people also uh I guess if you have a boat at any point in your life, there has to be a name attached to it just because all boats have names. They but do you've never been a boat owner? Um let me think. No. <laughs> in fact, I can barely even watch movies that take place on boats or ships that kind of, I don't know, Why? there's something about seasick? it. I don't know. Oh, I definitely get seasick. But when I see a movie that's going to take place on a boat or a ship, I'm like, may, other than Love Boat, which is a whole other great TV show. <laughs> but like if it's like, you know, a pirate ship or like a ship, I'm like, Ugh. I really have to think twice about it. And forth and it's just, I don't know. It's just not going to be my style. Fine. Not yeah. my style. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, lucky for you, pirate movies aren't really much of a thing these days. Phew. Uh, and, you know, and there's only so many movies you can make about the Titanic, you know, after that one was so popular. <laughs> oh my, it took um, me so long to see that movie. I took me, I took, I, I was on tour in Sweden and it was like a year and a half later, which I guess was, you know, a long time <laughs> later. And yeah. I finally, and it was one of the movies showing and we had just gotten to Sweden and I was like, fine, fine, let's go see Titanic. <laughs> and it was at night and we got out of the movie at around 11 at night and the sun, it was like, it still looked like it was around five o'clock because it was that weird time of year where the daylight goes on and on to like midnight. Okay. And it was a pretty good movie. I actually enjoyed it. It did feel though, like because of the running time and and you know and the fact that you know the buzz was that it you know wasn't uh, you know the ship doesn't uh, hit the iceberg until well into the movie uh, and that it was wait more the of ship a buzz, hits the iceberg. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's move on to the, uh, the Lusitania. <laughs> uh, no, let's move on to. An, uh, another specific question about naming things because of the permanence of names like I there's probably not a specific process you have but I'm still curious about the the naming of albums and songs do you is that a easy part of your job or do you struggle with the the names of these things they they just make themselves known often it's <laughs> back when I first started playing uh, I remember in college um, we would just call the songs whatever the first line of the song was that was the title of the song <laughs> That's um, and then I remember playing a gig with a friend of mine who I had a band with in college um, Josh and Josh <clears throat> made the set list list for the for and it was mostly his music and in that band and Josh made the set list and we all looked down at the set list. We're like, we had no idea what any of the songs were based on the titles. <laughs> we didn't know what we were <laughs> supposed to play. Um, but yeah, I try to make the song like the thing that, that you repeat the most because that's the thing that you're like, oh, you know that song. Although with my song, Stay, I Missed You, it was called Stay, which is kind of like the punchline of the song because there's really no chorus. But then because there were so many other songs called Stay, the record company suggested that we we needed to add a parenthetical. So we added, I, uh, I miss ah. you in parentheses um, to set it apart from all the other songs called Stay. But when I play that song live, often people ask me to play, um, play You Say, which is the first two lines of the first two <laughs> words of the song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the album album i i'm also really usually very involved in making the album artwork or designing it or coming up with the concept so that that plays a big part for me what what will it what will look good and make an interesting pairing with like a visual um what 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 lyric is there a lyric i try to use a lyric from a song um is there something that that 
it gives you a, a feeling about the entire album. So everything has a very deep meaning. Like my album Tales, it was, there were all these different word plays, like head or, heads or tails, like the, the album Tales had a, the face of a cat. So it was kind of like heads or tails. And then the word Tales was scratched out and it was like a whole thing. And then um, I made an album called Cake and Pie with the word and underlined uh, because that's a philosophy of mine. Uh, if someone offers you cake or pie, you can always say cake and pie, but it's also like life. Why, like why choose? Um, recently I put a record out called a simple trick to happiness. It has all the tricks of happiness, um, within the songs. And then the album I'm just now putting out is called, that's what it's all about, which is a lyric from a song. But it's kind of a fun idea. I, I, I've seen that bumper sticker. Yeah, Hokey Pokey's <laughs> on it. And um, I saw a bumper sticker once that said, "Is that what it's all about?" And I love that. Yeah, that's like that old song. Is that all there is? Oh yes, I love that. That's a very that sad song. song. Is so dramatic and and sad. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, we cover one of those songs from the we. I do the Doodlin song on the new record that'll be out early in the year, next year. Um, it's done by the same person who does. Is that all there is? Actually, wait. <laughs> is it? It's Peggy Lee, isn't it? I think so. Oh, all... oh, yeah. Or is is it Peggy Lee who does? Yeah, Peggy Lee does. Is that all there is? But does Peggy Lee do the doodling song? Aww. Yeah, she does the doodling song too. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, there's a song I did. You'll hear it called the doodling song. <laughs> but yeah, Can't song wait. titles. Song titles uh, help you and the band remember what the, the song is and also might give you a clue about what the song is about. Yeah. And now when are, you search for songs too, ideas. you know, when you search <laughs> for songs, you're like, Ooh, I need a song. Like I have a song called the, a holiday song and it's kind of depressing, but it's um, realistic about holidays and, um, and it's called a holiday song. So if you're looking for songs for the holidays on your playlist, you look it up and there it is. That's smart. That's a that's a clever way to people to get it to get people to check it out. Yeah, especially Trick when they're already it. they're already sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, this will be a good one. And the lyric, yeah. the first lyric you hear is, "Everyone's still sore from the holidays." Perfect. <laughs> sore as in physically like, sore or angry? Both, both. Yeah, Probably yeah, more like yeah. angry, more angry. I like, it. like sore, sore, like leave it to Beaver. Holidays. Like, gee, Beaver, I'm yeah. sore. Yeah. <laughs> why, you gotta be, why are you sore at me? People used to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which led to Canadians saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that <laughs> eventually connects gave us to, together. Gave way to butt hurt eventually, is what they say now. Oh, no. <laughs> Instead of being sore, your butt hurt. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, all right, uh, Doug. Do you have a question? I've been asking so many questions. Do you have a question for Lisa? And stay. Were you talking to a dog? Um, not that time. <laughs> <laughs> we were. I, I was talking with Doug about this earlier. It's 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 funny to think of. I, I'd never thought of that before. That. Do do the rest? Do any of the other lyrics line up with that? You could be speaking to a dog in the song, or is stay pretty much the only you know uh, thing that would make sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing could be about a dog, really. Sounds like a dog it. who runs away a lot. Yeah, dog. I, I should I should start <laughs> saying that. That should be like my um my April Fool's joke. Like I just wanted to come clean that the song actually is about this dog that ran away. 
I meant to mention that I played a fundraiser the other day and they auctioned off these puppies and I meant to say something about my song stay and the puppies, but I just remembered that that was like a week ago. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes the best jokes don't, uh, don't hit the right window. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But now you got, now you've thought about it again. So the next time you're in a a dog situation, uh, that'll be fun. Uh, okay, so let's talk about your name. Uh, all I assume three parts of it. You got a first, middle, and last. Yep. Uh, starting with uh, Lisa, did you do you have any feelings one way or the other about growing up, Lisa, and being named Lisa? Well, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was basically one of the most popular names that year that I was born. Uh, so it, it, the thing I did like about it was I had two other friends named Lisa. One was born the day before me and one was born the day after me. And one of them was like one of my best friends who lived down the street. So I I had positive associations with it and, um, it's fine. It's, it's, it's very 19. It was, I was born in the late sixties, but it's very kind of early 1970s kind of name Lisa. It's just, it is what it is. People must, uh, uh, just repeat it just uh, just because of Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam they must just say <laughs> that to you a lot a lot because <laughs> and... we get Dougie Fresh a lot you know? oh yeah, yeah Dougie Fresh <laughs> Doug or Dick Doug Doug <laughs> I've had some nice friends I had a neighbor named Doug that I had a crush on when I was like in kindergarten oh. I can never find him again um, <laughs> that's how Dougs are you gotta tell them to stay Uh, yeah i i also i'm one of those people from what i can tell often people use my whole name when they say my name lisa Loeb. lisa right lisa it's so easy to do just two short two so uh three syllables total unless you want to get really fancy with it yeah Um, well in texas sometimes we add extra syllables by accident yeah lisa lisa (laughs) Loeb. Loeb. yeah (laughs) Yeah, my brother Ben uh, is Ben. Um, my middle name is Anne. What's that? My middle name middle name is Anne. Oh, okay. Anne, Anne, or two syllables, Anne, with an E. A-N-N-E. It's just my middle name, Lisa. I was Ann. hoping for an O name because then your initials would be LOL. Oh, that would be so good. Why? I know. I actually was thinking, I used to go through the phone book as a prank, but sort of for real, like if we could find somebody obotomy, then uh, my my friend John Sherman always wanted me to find someone named obotomy so I could be like lobotomy or botomy, Lisa lobotomy. Um, but it's impossible to find that last name in the phone book. But I love so Lisa- good names. I li- I also love people who are like John Johnson or like, Right. There's a name for that. I love that. Yeah, where I mean, it's uh, alliterative, I guess. When the first it's the same exact name, John Johnson. Letter. Yeah, but or that's like even my more husband's intense. last name is Hershkovitz. I wanted my son to be Hershey Hershkovitz. Oh, I love that. <laughs> there was there was oh, a yeah, definite I'm sure no. Love being named Hershey. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so cute, Hershey. Hershey. Right. But it sounds like you know now. It just sounds like he's named after his own pronouns or something. Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't even think she, about that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, love well, that. The chocolate's a whole other I was thing. Thinking the for, chocolate for kids yeah. to work with. Like, how much abuse did you get? Uh, let's just go ahead and jump to Loeb. How much abuse did you get for 
uh, you know, uh, like how much was earlobe brought none, up? None, none, almost none. Really? Yeah. What? It was more like now as a grown up, people are like, oh, <laughs> I lo- you, lo- you know, like earlobe, lobotomy. Like I would have to make that joke. Nobody care. Nobody, nobody would joke around about my name. I don't know what was wrong with them. I, I did yeah, not get. That's such a standard uh, kid thing that we we talk to all of our guests about how just any name that's easy to you know mangle into anything anything else that they can be embarrassed by is uh, kids are you know vicious with that. So that's interesting that yeah no nothing they none. never went after Loeb. No, the, I don't think so. Not, not that I can Leopold, think of. No Leopold and no. Loeb references. <laughs> no nothing. <laughs> Nothing. The closest, well, it wasn't even a joke. One of my best friends who's, who did have a dog named Hershey, who was so cute. Um, uh, one of my be- she just texted me, actually. She, um, she would call me Lise. And then sometimes as a one name once removed, she'd call me Rent. Like, because it's like Lise, Rent. <laughs> <laughs> but that was few and far between. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I didn't get any good name, name calling. I mean, That's thank really God. Well. But, like, a nice but, school. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a common uh, form of uh, bullying. You must have just been so well liked. But, uh, I don't know. What about or... what about when people are um, like when when people come overly familiar too quickly? Do people like call you Lise? They call me Lise. Permission and has been yeah. Granted? They say Lise. Hey Lise, and I'm like, whoa, because that's <laughs> only like only one of my friends or two of my friends calls me Lise. Uh, and I'm like, huh? In fact, I get so nervous about that kind of thing. When I meet people for the first time, I try to ask them on my, on my podcast. I'm like, okay, now that I'm talking to you, do you, do people actually call you? Like if I saw you in public, like to say that I knew you, would I call you Jen or would I call you Jennifer or would I call you Jay or like, what do real friends call you? I want that name. I want to know that name. Like, you know, where to go. And, but then you know, also, then and then say, "Can I call you that?" Because I, cause yeah. that's yeah. making a big leap if you just start doing it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, just call because... me Mrs. Loeb. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. Do you see your, does your husband get a lot of Mr. Loeb? Yes. Yes. Especially hotel rooms, Mr. Loeb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But he's cool with it because we, we we know his last name is uh, you know. It's it's harder to spell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's okay with it. I think he's okay with it. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so too. It'd be you know it'd be rough to be not okay with it because it probably happens a lot. Um, yeah, not as much as it should, but yeah. <laughs> we we don't go on vacation enough. Literally, it's hotels. Yeah, well, where where you don't turn on the TV. So uh, perfect. Yeah, you really. Um, I call downstairs for batteries for the remote. They're like, yes, Mr. Loeb. <laughs> I'm like, uh, the, the remote's not working. They're like, well, try opening the remote and rolling the batteries around a little bit. I'm like, oh, I did that. You know, you, you move them around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I did that. So like, just bring the batteries up, please. Just bring them. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. into this game with the home remotes where like, uh, you know, I'll put in one battery that's uh, probably seen better days with a, with a full one. And then oh. whenever, whenever it's dead, it's like, well, was one of them still kind of working? You know, so you oh, introduce another new one to the mix instead of just putting <laughs> in two new ones. <laughs> it's a whole game. But uh, speaking of games, uh, 
with most of our guests on the show, I have been able to come up with a, an anagram of their name just for fun. I've been yeah. doing it uh, for a few months now. And um, I came up with uh, two for your name. Some names you just can't Ooh. do it where you have to, you know, come up with another another word or pair of words that uh, use all the same letters. So you have to use every letter. Oh, and, God, I love uh, that. In your case, I've got I got two of them, and they both they don't they're both kind of not not the most pleasant sounding uh, <laughs> uh, pairs of words. But uh, Lisa Loeb can be uh, anagram. It can be uh, boil sale, <laughs> like somebody's like maybe maybe near a witch's cauldron or something. Somebody's selling boils <laughs> and then uh, or or boiled things. And then uh, another one is uh, soil bale. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but they're both they're both you know Lisa Loeb's way more pleasant than both of those. It's very earthy. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. very, and uh, you know, as far as I can tell, not a lot of uh, other options because you, you you know with the two uh, names you're still pretty uh, vowel heavy. Let me see S O L E. Is there like a soul thing S O L E? Oh yeah. Uh, it's not, there. There's nothing good left. Alib. It gets tricky. You start. You Bila. get stuck with a lot of vowels if you're not careful. Yeah. The... O i o i e isn't a word, you know. Bile. So bile. Tough. Is how is bile yeah. spelled? I messed around with bile for a second. B i l e, but there's no. Oh other yeah, yeah. Word there's not b i a l. Yeah. So, We've never had a guest get so invested in the in the anagrams. It's fun. I am huge into. I love puzzles so much. It's like my dream come true. Every time I sit, if I'm sitting and I'm bored someplace, sometimes I will just look at a a word around me and just start figuring out how many words I can make from that word. Oh, I love. <laughs> that's great. It's fun that activity. A, that's a very fun activity because you know there's not a lot of activities you can just sit there and do in your brain. Uh, when you're super bored, but that's a that's a good one. Uh, we've come to the part of the show that I mentioned earlier, where we uh, you know promote all of our stuff. What uh, what would you like to plug? Your are you active on uh, any particular social yeah. media more than the other? I'm on all the social medias. I do Instagram lives, which are fun. I do a Instagram live sometimes called Capos and Capers, and I play music and I cook. And my Instagram is, what is my Instagram? Let me see if I can find it. It's it's just Lisa Loeb, L-I-S-A-L-O-E-B. Um, Instagram is really it. good. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite, I would say. But also Facebook. I'm official Lisa Loeb on Facebook. And um, what else? And I'm also on X, which I still call Twitter. Yeah. Sorry. Every, wow. And on the yeah, other one, about, too. Uh, but. Do you... Um... Do you have a uh, like a website with uh, personal appearances? Yes, lisaloeb.com. Everything is everywhere, but it's also on lisaloeb.com. So um, it's 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 uh, where you can find everything. You can find links to all my videos, my super cute T-shirts that I've designed and worked with people mm -hmm. to design, like the Peace on Earth T-shirt, which is a piece of cake sitting on top of a globe. Um, <laughs> You can find everything at lisaloeb.com, including links to all my socials. Well, fantastic. This has been uh, 
a, a terrific conversation. You're so fun to talk to. Uh, before we go, though, Doug Miller, what would you like to plug? Well, I'm excited now that the strike is up. I can talk about how the movie I co-wrote with my pals Joe Ahern and made with the Joe Ahern and Dan Riddle. It's called The Disappearance of Toby Blackwood is now streaming on Peacock and Amazon Prime. So oh, wow. Give it a stream now. Check it out. Yes, The Disappearance of Toby Blackwood. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a, a fun, funny movie that managed to get made during the uh, pandemic. Uh, wow, Simon still... Pegg is in it? <laughs> no, who <laughs> said that? <laughs> 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 um, I'm doing uh, Doug Loves Movies tapings uh, here and there. I'm going to be at the Improv Lab at the World Famous Hollywood Improv next Tuesday, uh, November 21st. And the Benson Movie Interruption is coming to the Gramercy Theater in New York City on November 26th. And all of my dates and details are at douglovesmovies.com. Thank you once again to Lisa Loeb. We end every episode by uh, just saying, as always, followed by uh, the title of that week's episode. It usually has some sort of uh, pun involving the name Doug. So I hope you like what I selected for today. Ready? Yes. <laughs> as always. Stay, Doug, stay. <laughs>